Right. Uh, Dr. Drew was the one who's a dear friend. He's been to my foundation events. He hosted my 50th birthday, said a few words about my foundation. And we, we kind of laugh about it now. He came to me to get Dennis Rahman on Celebrity Rehab. And uh, uh, we just started talking. I thought I was sober at the time. This was in 2006. And I started making small talk. And he asked how I got clean. And I said, oh, I went on Suboxone. And he goes, well, how long do you take that for? I'm like, oh, I'm still on it. And right. he just, you could, you could hear a pin drop on the call. Right. He goes, Darren, he goes, you're just as addicted to that as you are the other stuff. I'm Flint Anderson, founder of Pain, parents and addicts in need. I've been in recovery since 2001, and there isn't much I don't know about recovery. And my mission is to constantly tell the truth about addiction, to make the realities of addiction, recovery, and drug culture known, and to drive awareness and advocate change that ultimately saves lives. And I'm Jason Lachance, a certified recovery coach with a passion for speaking with others and sharing their knowledge to help others seek recovery and maintain long-term sobriety. And this is the Don't Hide the Scars podcast, presented by Pain, parents and addicts in need. Welcome to the Don't Hide the Scars podcast, right in shotgun, founder of Pain, Flynn Anderson. And of course, I'm Jason Lachance. You all know that. And our guest today, I mean, international best-selling author. He's uh, works with so many different celebrities through through his work. And if you haven't read his book, Aiming High, I highly recommend it. Mr. Darren Prince, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, guys. It's good to see that smile again. Hopefully people are watching this on YouTube. If not, switch on over because that's the smile of long-term sobriety yes, right there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's great. It takes a lot of work, as you guys know, to get here every day. Every, Every day. day. Uh, well, I want to dig in. I mean, I, I, I don't recollect if we've had other people that have started nonprofits that have done a lot of work on, but, you know, Darren, I, I, through our personal interactions, I never really got to ask you why you wanted to start the nonprofit. So what happened was after my book came out in 2018, I started getting a lot of speaking engagement requests at colleges, schools, businesses, and Usually after I was done in the Q&A, I just had so many people coming over to me where the lights were on in their eyes. And you guys know that look. And you only have that small window of opportunity to take advantage of that gift of desperation. And I think it was after the second or third speech, I was like, you know, I wrote Aiming High, not not a way to make money. Thank God we're we're blessed with Prince Marketing Group and all the celebrities we have, but you know, it was a way to help people, you know, further heal myself and had no idea what the success it was going to be. And once it started making money, I was like, this doesn't, doesn't feel right. I think, um, I think I found out what I want to do to be able to be in a room, whether it's 10 people or 5,000 people, whatever it might be. And somebody has that moment of clarity from some God given words that came out of my mouth. And I could say, I could see that you're ready. Go home, pack your bags. We're going to get you an SCB to a treatment center. We're going to get you a plane ticket right now. And in four hours, you're going to be on the plane to get a brand new life because now we have the resources to scholarship people. And that's how it came about. That is that the that is just wonderful, and and I'm telling you, it's it's like I tell people, I didn't I didn't have this on my resume, 
by the way, to, to, to start a nonprofit and to, you know, start telling my story to everybody. But, but that's sort of how we, we got started. I did. I told my story to somebody. Somebody said, hey, is there any way you can help my son or you, you can help my daughter? And uh, lo and behold, I, I said yes, without really knowing, um, because that's what we do. We want to pass it on. We just we, we want to help somebody. Right. 100%. And right. But but, you know, Darren, what, what, one of the things I do say is if I ever had to start a nonprofit over again, I wouldn't do it. You know, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. I get a lot of updates from my accountants, too. We got to we got to do uh, board meetings and buy like when I that goes into it. I actually, uh, I wasn't spiritual this morning. It caught me in the middle of a, a big business uh, situation. <laughs> I go, Mike, I go, you got to give me more notice. I, I got a, you know, I was like, I, it's a juggling app with me between my personal mission in life and uh, my journey to help people and my foundation. And like the end of the day, all my celebrities are my biggest fans for what I've accomplished. But when you're on deadlines, you got responsibilities. And hey, like yeah. my sponsor told me, you don't get sober to hide out in a room and, and be a hermit. You get sober to have a life. That's right. right. That's that's right. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's it's been a hell of a journey. I mean, it, it's it's one well worth it, you know, and, and you're so right when you said, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 10 people or if it's 5,000 we're talking to. Doesn't matter if it's a, a, a classroom or <clears throat> or or if it's a, a, a stadium, you know, that that we're speaking in because it's that one person. And a lot of people really don't get that, you know. They don't get what we know and feel when we see that one person that just goes, oh, you know, that light goes on and it's like I'm 10,000 people. I'm talking to one person right there, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I've, I feel like I, I spoke of faith and recovery in uh, Orlando in September. There's probably 4,000, 4,500 people, you know, and it's nice, but it's just so hard to get to everybody as I'm leaving and. I, I was the closure that day, you know, dozens of people coming over to me in the lobby in tears, my brother, my sister, this and that. Right. But for me, I like the smaller intimate groups. I, yeah. I had a situation where my guy Thomas Guerrero down in uh, Miami, I think it was FIU or one of the colleges. He had me speak at twice. The first time I came down there, it's probably 300 people. The second time was more last minute and with the girlfriend at the time. And I walked into, it wasn't the theater room this time, and I walked in and there was literally eight people in a classroom. Mm -hmm. so I walked in, I looked around, and I think it was me, and I guessed for a minute, you know, I might have had a little bit of a discouraged look on my face, and this girl was only with me for four months, and she said the magical word. She goes, you just need one. Right. And right. it's just something, you know, just lit inside of me when she said that, and, and she learned that from me. And... That was magical because when I was done, there was a young gentleman in the front row. He was 21 years old and he put his hands up during the you know the question and answer part. And he goes, Mr. Prince, I wanted to come here to thank you. And the reason I needed to come here to thank you was when you were here about five months ago, that was my one year anniversary. Mm. And I was in a really bad place. And I had my entire relapse planned. And I knew I had to come hear you speak because it was part of, you know, uh, my, 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 my course and my daily curricular activity. And I left that keynote that you gave in your presentation. And because of you, I haven't picked up a drink or a drug since. Because wow. something that you said just penetrated my soul when you said even at 12, 12 and a half years, so whatever it was at the time, 
um, it's a daily reprieve for every single one of us that the further you are on the timeline of recovery, the closer we are to that next relapse because complacency is always an issue. And, um, he said it just, it just penetrated his soul. And I was, man, I mean, I just, I remember just getting tears in my eyes because I mean, God had it all set up that day from 300 to eight people. And, and he was my gift. Right. Right, 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 right. You know, it, it's um, uh, it, it's interesting. I, I spoke at a at a class uh, at Fresno State one time for uh, graduate students in 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 psychology, and it was one of those Friday night classes, right? Where it's five, you know, it's a five hour class from six to eleven p.m. and uh, and they, and they had two of us speakers come in. One was one was talking on sex addiction sex addiction, he was leading it off and I was following. So I came in a little bit earlier. There was about 30 people in the class. And, and as this guy is speaking, I'm, I'm texting my wife going, get me out of here. Okay. (laughs) Um, you know, this guy's like watching grass grow. Uh, he's, you know, he's got his pointer and he's got all this Uh. crap going on, which just drives me up the wall. And you can see everybody in the class, they got their hands on their face, right? And half of them are (laughs) exactly. And and I'm sitting there going, okay, I got to wake this group up, you know? And so he gets done and, and, you know, you hear that sporadic. Yeah. (laughs) Not an authentic real. Right, 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 right. And again, not that, not that I'm anything, you know, fantastic here, but I did, I lit the place up and all of a sudden it's so great to see people sitting up in their seats. Now they're engaged because a lot of my stuff is, is, is talking back and forth. You know, I don't mind questions during, during the presentation and, and afterwards everybody's standing up and, and, and then I had like 10 people come up to me afterwards. And my point here is that if, 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 if we guys like you and me and everybody else that's out there, they people know when it's genuine. They know they know when we're telling the truth. They know because they can see it in us, where we've been, what our recovery is doing. Even even if somebody doesn't go into recovery right away, you know, I call it planting the seed. Planting right? a seed, right? Yeah. And it's and at some point, we hope that that person or persons is 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 going to get what we got. Mm-hmm. You know, just just it's just kind of that simple. Yep, amazing. New Perceptions North, the premier drug and alcohol treatment and recovery center in Central California. A full continuum of medically supervised top quality care with programs for detox and patient residential treatment with dual diagnosis, intensive outpatient treatment, sober living support groups, and more. New Perceptions North provides adult men and women with the highest caliber of professional health care, treating each client with compassion and respect in a safe, comfortable environment to begin the process of recovery to proudly create and sustain a life without addiction. Call 559-978-1507 or visit newperceptionsnorth.com. Let me ask you something here. And um, Now that I've known it, gosh, I've known you for like three years, man. It's a trip. No, yeah. four. Goodness. Longer. Yeah. Um you know, you're really successful in your career. And I mean, you work with, I mean, so many of my heroes, uh, you know, I was telling Flint, how did you meet Charlie Sheen, Darren? Uh, you know, Magic Johnson, all these guys, and you've had so much success. How do you separate 
that healthy ego of drive of success mm-hmm. and your recovery and being a service. For, for me, it actually wasn't that difficult. When I first mm-hmm. met my sponsor, Steve DeLaBelle, I was uh, thir- uh, maybe 30 days sober living in New Jersey where I grew up and old school Italian guy from Newark did time. Uh, it's got probably 36, 37 years right now, an icon in the state of New Jersey, all the big, you know, awards and adulations and just, oh, and I literally just moved into a multi-million dollar six floor townhouse with an elevator. And, you know, I had a flood the first day, brand new building and I'm bitching. And he goes, (laughs) let me tell you something. Because you know what luxury problems are right now, my friend? You're crawling <laughs> out of your skin. You got 30 days freaking cleaner complaining to me about this. And he goes, let me explain something to you. People like you, we find dead. Okay? Because right. you've got the money. You've got the notoriety. You've got the resources. You've got the clout. He goes, you got an ego the size of New Jersey. The one thing we got to work on is killing that ego. We kill that ego, you got a shot. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, he's like, I because he would hear my real life stories. Like, you know, on day 35, I'm on the phone. I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm, you know, I got I I I gotta run. I got Joe Frazier coming up. We gotta meet Magic Johnson in the city at an event. Like it's a fantasy world to so many people. And then I have to go from that grind one day at a time in early recovery to being out on red carpets and in front of cameras and being the man behind the man and the whole super agent life. And little by little, I realized that none of that really means anything that God's purpose for me was he put me into that line of work and into that industry, knowing at a certain point that I was going to come to him and beg for the blessing. And once I asked for it, he was going to make me one. And that's exactly what, uh, Hulk Hogan and I always talk about, and that platform that he gave me is what's allowed me to big on, be on, you know, and it's not, I don't say to impress, it's more to just impress upon, you know, the importance of my message and my mission and all of us. I mean, it's not many recovery advocates that could say they've been on Jay Shetty, uh, Anderson Cooper, Dr. Oz, Chris Cuomo, Extra, Entertainment Tonight, um, Tucker Carlson, you know, Fox and friends, but that's because God gave me that initial gift, which I thought was what my life was about and what validated me the whole super agent life Mm -hmm. little by little after I'd say about a year, it started coming to me that that's what I do. I'm, I'm nobody special. My clients are the ones that have accomplished extraordinary feats physically some of the greatest icons in the world uh, in the world of sports entertainment comedy i just happen to be a good person that's a, a you know decent negotiator i would say and my superpower is networking and relationship building and i always made every single relationship uh and it still is to this day you know carmen electra chevy chase hulk rick jerry west uh Every single one of them, David Goggins recently, a new client. I mean, they, every single one of them will tell you that that is why they've stayed with us, continued to be with us. It's about life. It's about, um, you know, developing a real friendship where it's not about using celebrities and people that they're so used to, because in reality, any of them can, uh, 
can hire anybody to make money, whether it's Larry Bird. I was with Joe Montana last week. We go back 30 years. We had a corporate event in, uh, for Dan Fleischman's group, Aspire in Santa Clara. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. I don't really even think about it much anymore, but a couple of them pulled me aside from the Aspire group. Like, we just love the relationship we have with your clients. We've never seen an agent. And I think that's gotten so much deeper because of my recovery journey. Because of course. They, they see yep. how important this is to me and getting people like Jeannie Bust and Mark Cuban to promote Aiming High when the book came out and give me testimonials. Um, you know, it, it's hard to even have an ego because, like I said, I, I, I know I'm no one special. And I've said it in multiple interviews that you know, my time is up. I'll be 54 in a week and a half. I, you know, God willing, I'm here for another 30 years or so. I, I don't I don't need anything about my career. Like, I, I'm totally okay if on my tombstone it says a man that went deep into hell and came out on the other side and sprinkled hope and recovery across the world. Yeah. I found yeah. my legacy. I found my purpose. I found my um, I found my mission. And uh, Joel Olstein's a dear friend, and he always says, you know, setbacks are really setups. And when you have that willingness and that accountability to stop pointing the fingers and look at I and me, um, that's when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Darren, I, 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 that, that was just wonderfully said, you know, because I, I, I believe that, you know, once I can only speak for me, but once I got through the initial detox and residential and into starting my recovery People, people want to see one thing. They, they want to see actions. They don't want to hear words. And especially family and, and close friends, because I was at the point where I was about ready to lose everybody. I mean, everybody. And when we do that, not saying we're not going to make mistakes and there's days when we still can't be assholes, <laughs> but when 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 we're walking again, I hate some of these terms, but when we're walking the walk, right? When we're when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, no matter what the circumstance, I found that friends come back, family comes back, clients come back. All right. People just want to see honesty. And you said something in there that was really important. You're not using your clients. You're 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 not using them for 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 other types of gain for your life. You are providing a a service, a business service for them, and they trust you. Because if they didn't trust you, they wouldn't be your client. Yeah. Right. As long as I have been. Thirty years. Uh thirty years. Nineteen ninety four Prince Marketing Group started. So, you know, I don't ever think I was a bad person. I think I was a right. sick person. Right. And right. I think you guys understand that, you know, you bet. I, um, you know, but I just had no idea. I mean, I remember, uh, uh, my, my ex fiance Priscilla came in for me, but we're still very close to, uh, uh, the Laker game about a week and a half. Came out. I did a signing of Barnes and Nobles to KTLA and Jeannie boss just couldn't wait to see me. I mean, Literally, like right in the middle of the game, just saw me, gave me the biggest hug with tears mm -hmm. in her eyes and just thanked me um, for doing what I was doing. And, right. um, you know, I got that from so many of the clients and it just right. meant the world to me because 
it's got nothing to do with business and nothing with money. Right. I can lose the agency tomorrow. If I lose the money tomorrow, I always say it. The heartbreaking thing is I, I just can't take care of everybody that works for me, my mom and my sister, and have the ability to help people out. But I found me, you know, I, I found me from within the, the, the self-love, um, you know, and, and still understanding Hey, I'm still effed up. I mean, I still have days. <laughs> I still have days if I'm not unhappy. But today's going to be a good day because I got you guys and Jason and I reconnected. I'm speaking at a on a Zoom at four o'clock to uh, to a prison. And, and man, when you get a double dose of recovery, yep. like that, starting with you guys onto that, I'm bulletproof today. Right today, right I today. Start over tomorrow and figure out what tomorrow's plan is. Exactly. Exactly. So, so Darren, tell me how, tell me how your, your, your addiction got, got started. Uh, cause I love, I, I well, I don't love it, but I like, <laughs> but I like hearing from you. We do love it. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> right, 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 right. As addicts, we love it. it, it yeah. But we want to hear the win at the end. That's the yeah. best part. Yeah, not e the, exactly. You know, not the worst story. So it, it was in sleepaway camp. I know Jason knows the story. I was 14 had terrible stomach pains one night and um counselor took me to see the nurse she gave me this green liquid in a plastic cough syrup cup and down it went now mind you at the time i was never come from my own skin um always felt like a little bit of a outcast had a lot of friends but never felt worthy of them i was verbally teased quite often for being in small classrooms and the learning disabled rooms as i would call it and uh or that's what some of us called it back then and um i mean this liquid tasted horrible but i remember probably took about five minutes as i'm walking across the softball field with the counter back to the bunk my life changed forever yeah and whatever this green liquid is was introduced me to the world and as i kept walking closer and closer to the bunk and i got in there and all the guys are now laughing with me not at me and i'm this social butterfly I realized that green liquid introduced the world to Darren Prince. Yeah. And I needed more of it. And this went on for three weeks. And I would complain about stomach pain every night. And then mom and dad came up visitation day, found that I was taking liquid Demerol from sleepwear oh, camp at 14. Wow. Wow. Yep. Demerol. Unbelievable. I mean, at at 14. Yeah. I, I mean, Jason knows. I mean, I had I had a 35 surgeries in the course of my life, but it started with a, with a, with a birth defect that I had one surgery a year for, for my first 13 years and then four more in 76. And they just kept going on and on and on. But you are so right. You know, when, you know, and, and I don't remember much prior to being six years old, you know, but, but six, seven, eight and, and onward, you know, when they give you that medication, especially in the hospital too, in almost like the same setting, you know, that somebody else giving it to you, I, you know, and all of a sudden it does, it changes your world. Mm -hmm. It changes your life. It changes your world. It changes everything because it just makes you feel so damn good. I keep telling people we don't take I it because, right, <laughs> right. I, I tell people we don't, we're not taking this stuff because it makes us feel like shit. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, we're taking this stuff because it feels good yep. and pe and people need to understand that, you know, and then because you started at 14 and I started at the age I, I started at, you know, our brain chemistry just went, I, I, I mean, 16 ways from Sunday. Um, and, and now, you know, we've got years later, we have to, we have to untangle all, all that mess. Um, but 
and and I always like to find out too from guys again, especially opiate addicts. What what was that final day like when you whether whether it's an epiphany, whether it was God talking to you, no matter what it was, that final day where you just said like like I did, I'm gonna die. So for me, uh, what started at 14 was 24 years later. Right. So I was 38. Right. And a couple overdoses those last uh, few years. Um, at that point, there was no more illegal drugs. It was more uh, the oxys, Vicodins, and Percocets. Like I said, I had whatever I needed from doctors. But as a good junkie, I realized that if you put it under your tongue and let it melt or you chop it up and snort it, it hits the system a lot quicker than just swallowing it when you got food in your stomach. So I... Right. kind of mastered that but then at a certain point about a year year and a half before i got clean it stopped working and, right. and all i was doing was taking to not get dope sick and um yep. my uncle and his then girlfriend on july 1st 2008 were visiting my mom from miami uh he was in recovery and uh i never met this woman before but I just felt so comfortable with her and Steve Simon, who runs my agency, we go back since we were 10, never done a drug in his life, doesn't drink. He knew something was wrong. My mom knew something was wrong. Uh, addiction runs on her side, but just nobody can really put their pulse on it. Magic and Hulk were the only two clients that were worried about me. And this woman, Andrea, walked in and said, are you okay? You don't look okay. Like right after hello. And I told her, I told her everything. And um, she's like, do you realize you're an addict? Your life's so manageable. Do you realize that you're powerless and that you have a disease? I said, yeah. And she starts pointing to all the photos on the wall with some of you know the most iconic figures of all time and clients of mine and says, do you realize that this doesn't mean a thing because you don't mean anything to yourself? Right. And that broke my soul. And, yeah. and I started to try. And she's like, do you want to help? I said, I'm willing to do anything. And she put me on this detox plan. It was about 36 hours later. And I'm in my apartment in New York City, the Carillon building. Uh, I just came back from the gym. It was around 7 o'clock at night on a Sunday, July 2nd, 2008. I called them up. I said, I can't freaking do this. It's been out of my system for not even 30 hours. I'm shaking. I'm vomiting. My stomach's upset. Right. I'm calling the freaking goddamn doctor to get what I need to get. And they both picked up the phone. And um, that's when she told me. She's like... Look, you want this gift? I just celebrated five years sober. I could help you. That's where your uncle and I met in the rooms of recovery. You got to get your ass to a meeting. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, there's no no way I've been to the dumb meetings in my early 20s. And I can't identify with these people. And I hung up the phone, ran in the bathroom, locked the door, was going through the medicine cabinets to take a, a non-narcotic anxiety pill, which Andrea allowed me to take for the first four or five days and two extra strength Vicodins bottles. And Simone and I, my then wife, we knew we cleaned out every medicine cabinet. So it was just bizarre that right. um, we found two hidden in a bottle. But it, it was a gift at the time. I felt like sure. I needed it. Holy crap, what a win. That's I what it. I thought was my spiritual awakening. For whatever reason, you know, divine intervention, I, I fell on my knees for the first time in my life, shaking, trembling, and crying, and screamed out to God, take the money, the business, the notoriety, I need a single day of freedom, I want to feel like I did when I was a little kid, and if you take me out of hell, I will spend one day at a time taking others out with me, and mm -hmm. um, he heard me, I had a white light moment, never had one before, and haven't had one since, my, my right shoulder caught fire 
And I heard a voice in my right ear that said, I've got you and you're ready. And I stood up and I, I flushed the pills. I walked into the living room, found a 12-step meeting, jumped in a taxi cab, walked into a church basement. It's a beautiful summer night, July 2nd, 2008. It was in the upper 80s. And um, 150, 200 addicts and alcoholics all once of a hopeless state of mind. And I heard the leader say, is anybody new, sick and suffering and coming back? And I believe God raised my hand because... This big time so-called super agent was a fraud. And I told these people, I'm sick, I'm suffering, I'm suicidal. I need your help. And probably 10 to 12 of them came right over to me and uh, told me things I'll never forget. They told me about the five A's, attitude adjustment, accountability, acceptance, and action. Uh, they told me, don't worry if I don't get the fellowship. If I keep showing up, the fellowship's going to get me. And the one that really blew me away was... <laughs> and, several of them don't worry about loving yourself because we're going to love you before you get there. Yeah. And I just became addicted and immersed into meetings every day. It became my life. I did my yeah. work, but I just made sure I knew that it was life and death. And I really started to understand because my travel schedule, I was in Chicago it was brutally hot one day in August and I called up my sponsor and this changed the course of my recovery forever. And he goes, you go to a meeting? I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm like, Steve, it's like 108 out right now. I'm just going to go to two when I get back. <laughs> and he goes, this is day 70. You're going to you're gonna miss it? I go, well, he goes, don't work like that. He goes, let me tell you something. You do more traveling than anybody I know. If you had a pharmacy open down the street and a bar or a nightclub <laughs> right now, it's 11 o'clock at night, brutally hot out. Would you go? And I was like, mm. well, if it was 75 days ago, yeah. And he goes, well, you got to put the same goddamn effort into your recovery. You understand me? And I found the meeting and I walked into this clubhouse and I remember the topic of the meeting was going to any length. And I probably have made more road meetings in other countries around the world than anybody in the history of this fellowship. And again, I say that to impress upon that's how important it was to me. And it's to me. I was in Dubai last New Year's. Uh, with my my now ex, and um, she went to do a photo shoot. Uh, and I found a meeting at 5 o'clock wow. at night nice. in a hospital in Dubai, and I walked in, and I took pictures, and I took videos of the outside of the club, uh, of, of, the, of the room, and I was in tears, and I did a post on it, and I've been to meetings in Sydney, Australia, Brisbane, Australia, Maui, Honolulu, uh, Fiji on New Year's on the beach, um, Anguilla, uh, Magic Johnson and Cookie have flown me out twice and friends very close to them to Monaco to celebrate. One was their 60th birthdays and the other was their 25th wedding anniversary. I flew in three days early to stay in the Monaco area because I knew Monaco has meetings. They have American huh? meetings because that to me is my nightclub. That to me is right. my fix. Yeah. That to me is the strip clubs. That to me is the woman. That that that's where I walk in and I feel whole and I can walk into a room where I don't know anybody, but I know every single person. Right. And right. I can walk into a room and not be home, but I'm home. I've been to meetings in London. I mean, um, I mean, the list goes on and on. I remember we went to Priscilla and I were in Bora Bora on New Year's four years ago. This is another great story. And we were gonna go to Tahiti for the day and you take like a little ferry over. Um, I emailed the website and I got a text message that a spiritual brother was picking me up at the port and he picked me up. We went right to a meeting, 
about 20 people. And I'm like, check the box now that I just added <laughs> uh, Tahiti to my list. And I mean, just here's the joy, though, because it's not just it's not just me that's reaping the benefit. When I put my hands up and I say I'm from the United States and I'm from California, these people are just they're, they're just like losing it. I mean, right, I think right. the Bahamas, uh, uh, Aruba, there's an incredible clubhouse. Every time I go to Vegas, uh, when I go see Hulk and Rick down in Tampa, one of the, if you're ever in that area, one of the best is the Serenity Club. They just celebrated 50 years, uh, two years wow. ago. And I happened to be there that day. I flew in, not even realizing that night was their 50th anniversary party. It, it, it's the greatest thing in the world. The greatest thing in the world. Yeah, 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 it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, God, there's so much, there's so much <laughs> I want to ask you. I mean, well, I mean, there's just there's so I, much. I kind of want to jump back. Um, Tokyo, as... Japan, too. I got to add that one. Oh. By the way, <laughs> I was with Dennis Rahman for a basketball promotion, and I got half a day to myself. But that meeting was so disappointing because Facebook just came out, and the whole topic became this woman brought up breaking your anonymity on Facebook. Oh, so sure. the whole hour was about that. I'm like, damn, I only got one day and I got to listen to this, but <laughs> hey, at least I made it. <laughs> that, that's a great topic because I, you know, yeah. Flint's faced it. I've faced it. Um, you and I have mutual yeah. friends that have faced it, that breaking anonymity. I mean, what's your perspective? As I tell people, hey, my promise is I'll protect your anonymity. Right. Mine yeah. is my choice. Exactly. Yeah, no, I and, and I went once I celebrated one year, to me it was not an issue. So right. I was just disappointed that so many people were like against it and you know the the principles of the fellowship. But I'll tell you, I went to uh Dr. Bob's house on my nine year sober birthday. I happened to be in Akron, Ohio. Another I call them GMCs, God managed coincidences. My dear friend Bruce that passed away with thirty two years sober taught me that one. And uh from from new jersey and um i literally just i'm looking at the calendar one day a schedule of events steve in my office booked actually she just passed away cindy uh cindy morgan from caddyshack it was yeah, yeah she did yeah. They, were, yeah. They, they were doing a golf uh charity fundraiser and steve's like why would you want to go to Akron? out of all places i'll go with them i'm like bro it's on july 2nd <laughs> like, how am I not going? I'm like, right. Akron is where this gift originated. Akron is why I am who I am today. And when I told him, he goes, you got to go. And, um, you know, I got to go to Dr. Bob's house and there's actually 12 steps. I don't know if you guys have been there. You walk up the steps, it's legitimately 12 steps. Nice. And uh, my sponsor's on the phone with me on the way over there and uh, said, uh, and my uncle, that uh, my dad, you know, it's going to be so proud because my dad passed away six months earlier. So it was just this incredible, deep, spiritual, beautiful experience. And I get to the top of the steps and the greeter has their shirt on that says dad. <laughs> and uh, I told him I was celebrating nine years, told him I lost my dad. And the guy gave me a tour and he actually said that Bill struggled. This will point to my story getting sidetracked. That Bill struggled in the in the early seventies. That uh, we had to be a little bit more vocal. Like there was proof about that. That yeah. early on, it, it was an issue because uh, you know we were all considered lost causes and and high risk and liabilities. But he felt that it 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 it's, it's got to change at a certain point for people that really it's working for. 
that they do need to verbalize a little bit where they go. So I made the choice on Jay Shetty, who's one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And I spoke to my sponsor right before that because Jay's a dear friend and I, I didn't want to do anything to cause problems for him. And I go, look, man, I go, Steve, this guy's got a hundred million, you know, followers, viewers, like I got one shot. And for me to just generalize the 12 step fellowship, I, I don't, think that's good enough i want people to know exactly what the heck i'm talking about because right. they might not feel comfortable even after the interview asking me and yeah. and and shared about my 12-step fellowship and i found an opening to say my uncle and his then girlfriend were in aa and na uh a handful of people on instagram when, when the reel went live you know said you know press level and film but I mean, when I can't even tell you if I went through my DMs and messages, hundreds and hundreds of people over the past year and a half, two years since that interview have messaged me that they went to AA and or NA after listening to that interview. And a lot of them have success. So Mm -hmm. I just think it's to each its own. You know, I think the old timers have a different mindset about it. Now, in my book, I was very careful. I never mentioned it once outside of a thank you to Bill W and Dr. Bob in the beginning. I referred right. to it. I, I adhered to the principle. I thought that was the respectful thing to do. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and I find it, I mean, goodness, we were talking yesterday about helping someone get into treatment, not simply and because, we it, and we did. And that's simply because a friend knew from me being vocal that I could be a resource. And we got yep. that person help and it was hours. Hours, hours, hours. In. Right. Boom. It's, a super pa- it's a superpower for you guys. Why not? You know, right, right. We yeah. work so hard for this. I mean, it's just the end of the day, the, the percentages are the percentages. It just sucks. You know, five right. people come into a room that make it out of 100. But it's always right. been that way. It's always been yeah. that way. Absolutely. That's the biggest reason why they don't want us to divulge the fellowship, because people think it's it's a failure. Right. But how about all the wins? How about right. all the people that are making it? Yeah, they know? don't talk. Nobody talks about the wins. You know, it, it's it's you know, like Jason said earlier, I I, I own a treatment center, and um, uh, you know, and again, it's it's we use medical detox with we have you know physicians, we've got we've got it all, and and but but I am also a firm believer, Darren, and I'd like to get your opinion on this. I'm a firm believer, especially uh, I don't I don't care what drug it is, uh, whether it's alcohol, whether it's opioids, um, that that people need to be detoxed properly in order to have a chance at recovery. There's, there's so many treatment facilities out there today that say that they will detox you, but in essence, but they're not, they're not doing it with the proper medications. No. Right. And I also believe though, that, that we, you know, we always get into the Zaboxone thing, uh, especially with opioids. And we do use Zaboxone as, as a, as a detox, um, medication but we only use it for a very very short amount of time and it's an immediate taper the 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 minute we 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 start it and because i i'm not a fan at all i do not believe in quote long-term harm reduction and keeping people on other medications for one year five years ten years i'm just i just i'm sorry i don't i don't go down that road um because we want to be able to offer somebody the freedom that we have that you and i and jason have i want to be able to say look at least give this a try at least at least try this if it doesn't work for you then by all means go do what you need to go do right yeah 
But we're yep. not talking yep. in a society today. We're not talking about that. We're talking about keeping people trapped. Like I say, short-term harm reduction keeps us alive. Long-term harm reduction keeps us trapped. And so I'm just kind of interested to get get your take on on that one. Well, luck, you're speaking of the fire on the Suboxone. I got addicted to that for 15 months. That was right. the last thing I got off of. Right. Uh, Dr. Drew was the one who's a dear friend. He's been to my foundation events. He hosted my 50th birthday, said a few words about my foundation. And we, we kind of laugh about it now. He came to me to get Dennis Raman on Celebrity Rehab. And uh, uh, we just started talking. I thought I was sober at the time. This was in 2006. And I started making small talk. And he asked how I got clean. And I said, oh, I went on Suboxone. And he goes, well, how long did you take that for? I'm like, oh, I'm still on it. And right. he just, you could, you could hear a pin drop on the call. Right. He goes, Darren, he goes, you're just as addicted to that as you yep. are the other stuff now. And um, I mean, here's the thing. I completely agree with you. I do understand some are sicker than others. If somebody has to come into the fellowship and they're living a better life and they're responsible and they still have that crutch and it takes them a little bit longer, um, I'm not going to judge somebody and say they're not sober. I understand because that. I understand certain people's chemical makeups, traumas could be deeper. Uh, physiologically, they could be emotionally, mentally. Yep. Um, I think I don't suffer from depression, bipolar, no right. other mental health issues. So it was easier for me. Right. So I can't imagine what it must be like for somebody struggling with thoughts that they can't tune out, no matter what the fellowship can do for them that one little facet of that an urge or a craving to put something under your tongue that melts once a day gives you that. Okay. I can live a productive life. Right. You know? So I think it's to each its own. Uh, it's just my opinion. Now I'm much deeper than the fellowship. I, you know, I did therapy for years with my addiction therapist, but you know, just recently in the past eight months, I, I've been very big on NLP. Mm -hmm. I, I did that. I, I had an, at my, uh, my trainers, a master NLP life coach but recently back in july hooked up with my guy laundry if you guys follow me on instagram you'll see he's a vibrational trauma blockage specialist my next level like joe dispensa on on steroids to the modern world you know to this current culture and he puts me in some guided meditations once or twice a month deep mm -hmm. deep meditations where he's able to uninstall uninstall uh blockages remove bad energies when it gets me into that beta state because i don't want to keep talking about my character defects over and over again you know <laughs> i want i want quick i want to find other alternatives now i know not everybody could afford a situation like that but we're actually coming up with a program and a formula now because he's a big fan of the 12-step fellowship where he could create a very affordable app like a 10 minute tune up on breath work and frequency and vibration where, you know, people could just buy an app for $9.99, no matter what you're struggling with, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, bipolar, alcoholism, uh, drug addiction. And you could actually put, you know, two little earbuds in your ear and, and really just see the world differently rather than just accepting us from where we are because, um, I think 75% of my recoveries come from the rooms, but I do that much extra work on myself that I can't find in the rooms, if you know what I'm saying. 
Sure. Yeah, but absolutely. you know, but I, and I want to touch on that for a second because something just came in, just just popped into my head. Look, I've been doing this a long time. And 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 I and I and I and I and I love what you said, but I do want to go back and just reiterate that that yes, I agree with you. Uh, that there are some people that may have to be on something a little bit longer, but I want to say again, let's at least give them the chance to be free and let's see if that works. And you have to allow that some time in there to see if total abstinence is going to work for somebody. Right. Yep. Okay. So but now I, let's, but I, I, I'm sorry for interrupting. I like what okay. you said, because you, you, you said something before I went on my rant that then go do what you need to do. Like that, that that's where I would have said, then we could always go back to this. Yeah. You know, get, give it a few weeks. Let's just right. see. Let's get into working out and healthier eating. Gary Breck is a good friend of mine. I'm on the 10X uh, regimen with all supplements. There are things you can do nowadays more than ever that can right. help restore brain waves and serotonin and dopamine right. and put right. you into places. So, but right. yeah, to go back to what you were yeah. saying. So, so, you know, look, you also have to break treatment down in a couple of different sections here. You've got people that, uh, that have PPO insurances. I mean, we have to look at the reality of this. So you have people with PPO insurance or have the cash in order to, uh, to pay for a, a very good treatment center. Or you have people on the other end that don't do not have any money and they have government aid insurance such as such as Medi-Cal. And if we're going to be real about this, we all know no matter what type of payment is going to be made for the treatment facility is that the insurance companies are only going to allow so much time, whether yep. it's detox, residential or outpatient. And we all know how important the outpatient portion is on this. Yeah. Okay. Now, and, and, and again, I'm a realist. How many people with governmental aid insurance are going to spend the time, spend the, whatever money they have to do some of the things that we have the luxury of doing in our recovery. Okay, yep. it ain't gonna happen. No, and you're right, and that's a great point because the truth is, if they then have to go to out of pocket, I know they sell Suboxone on the street. I'm not buying Suboxone on the street. I'm buying the real. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting freaking high. I ain't right. doing. I'm not doing something good for me and not gonna feel good because of it. You know. Right. So right. that's another problem. That's another problem. So now let's take people with PPO insurance, with cash, with the money to be able to pay for all this. I can't tell you how many times, and especially parents and the person themselves will say, Flint, I'm going to do everything you tell me to do. I'm going to do everything you tell me to do. And I'm going, great, let's do this thing. Okay. I would venture to say that 90% of the people don't. Yep. And, and, and because you guys know as well as I, that this takes years, it takes dedication, it takes hard work, it takes a commitment to want what we have. It's just not, it's just not thrown down on us like I dream of Jeannie and everything else goes away. Yeah. And, and, and for the most part, because I, we deal with a lot of 18 to 40 year olds and, and, 
nine out of 10 times, it's the parents that that at the end of their 30 days or whatever it is, their kids are fine. They don't need to do anything else, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on. And that is, so So again, as a society, we've got to take a look at the reality here. And, 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 and how are we going to get these people the correct amount of time to get into recovery, start their recovery? And I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. Darren, we have to fight for every day. We 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 want to keep somebody in our treatment facility with the insurance company. Yeah. It's it's a fight. It's called yeah. a utilization review. We have to send those into the insurance company. They have to give us the time a lot, you know, allowed. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but they will never, ever go over 28 days. In fact, insurance companies now is an average of 17 to 23 days for detox and residential. Yeah. How the hell do you help anybody in that? You don't. You don't. It's a Band-Aid. It's, it's a, it's a Band-Aid. Yeah. And I'm going to just say the one last thing here on this because <laughs> I know that I can get on my soapbox on this deal. Okay. City of San Francisco has a, has a $569 million budget for substance use disorder and mental health. They have 57 total beds to serve over 25,000 practicing addicts in the city of San Francisco. And I'm going to say it. Where's the fucking money going? Oh, my God. By the way, Darren, that is almost every county in the United States has that type of budget and that less amount of beds. Where, where's the, where's the outrage for all of this? So, so when we see, when we see numbers going through the roof and through the ceiling, they're going to continue to go through. And I'm talking about the addiction piece. Hmm. Anyway, Terrible. just, just the f- food for thought, you know, food for thought. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Darren lives in LA, so he sees it personally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Huh. Anyway, I know that's my soapbox <laughs> speech. I got to get on that every now and then. I love well, it, man. I love it. Yeah. We, we need to be more vocal about that for sure. Your audience mm-hmm. needs to hear that. And that needs to be, something that needs to get more viral because you were right. Right. And then, and then, and then again, I mean, we, 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 we just need the help of others to make it go viral. Look, I'm a little guy sitting here in Fresno, California. Okay. My, my, our podcast does okay, but, but what we're not going to reach the people that we need to reach. We do, we do work with Sacramento. We do those things. We, we, we try to fight the, you know, the, the mess up, up there. Um, but but we've got to be able to get some sort of I don't know what you call it a consortium a group whatever it is or something yep. to make this loud to where other where the people that need to hear it they're gonna they they can hear it from somebody again I'll just use this term that that yeah. that has a voice okay yeah. yeah that's what we need 100%. to percent yeah well hey, I think let me tell you if I could borrow that stat they gave me. I, I'm doing big interviews all the time. I'd love to start throwing it out there because Perfect. It, it needs to be told, man. It's terrible. Perfect. I can provide you with any stat you need on all this stuff. <laughs> Jason, give them my info. The more you want to send me, the better. Because You got it. Thank you, Darren. We, 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 we all have the gift of being a voice now. Yeah. And being a voice, uh, it's got power. And then one thing I've learned, too, is when you become a best-selling author, it's a way to have a voice. So whatever I can do to get that out there because that's just terrible. That's mind boggling, right? Yeah. I mean, it's mind boggling, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, 
I mean, there's a there's a little county here down in the, in the San Joaquin Valley that that I'm dealing with right now that um, that they they. Uh, it's it's a good it's a good where you know a lot of this is a farming community down here so we 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 have a lot of people that are on medical and there's there's one one company that has an outpatient service uh for for medical do you do you know and this county's only given one contract to this this only given it to this one company they have a 30 to 45 day wait for one person to get into an outpatient program, they can't even service the needs of their own community because the county will not give a partial contract to another treatment center. So you have to ask yourself why, yeah. right? Now, I want you to imagine again, I'm not some left liberal, okay, okay, I'm so, I'm so far right, it's, it's not even funny, yeah. right? <laughs> but, but I want you to imagine if you are court-mandated to go into an outpatient program for substance use and a judge sentences you that you have to get into a into an outpatient program in a matter of 7 to 10 days and it's going to take and it's going to take 30 to 45 days to get into it what the hell are you going to tell the judge yeah right yeah. if you if you're involved with CPS and CPS is telling you you have to get into a court, uh, into an outpatient program within 7 to 10 days and what do you do? Go back to CPS and tell them I can't get in for 30 to 45 days. Oh, by the yeah. way, we're going to take your kid now. That, that's going to go over well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. So more trauma and everything yep. else. I mean, I think yeah. to close, close on the note of the statistics, it's something that we've talked about over and over and appreciate that. Well, we're, we're, all, we're all here to be a voice and help and give this yeah. gift away, man. So that's about yeah. a good of a solid way, bro, that we can end because... Yeah. You we got to get this out there more and more and more because people are dying. Families are dealing with the horror of overdoses all the time and right. accidental overdoses and just right. people are not getting the lives that they deserve, you know, yeah. Yeah. and the funding's there to create an impact and a difference got to be utilized properly. Exactly. Yeah. At the rate you of know? 737 a day. We right. are losing yep. people. And if we lost a plane a day, okay. we'd be up in arms, but yeah. Hey, Darren, I love you. I appreciate you, man. Love you too, my man. It's good to I'm see so that. I'm glad smile. we got to reconnect. It's always great. And you too, man. I mean, Thanks, Darren. You know, let's be in touch. Get my information from Jason because uh, I will. Fresno, that's uh, Chris Heron's country. That is Chris Heron country. There, man. Yeah. My man, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. I call, it is. I call him the goat of recovery. Greatest <laughs> of all time. I love what he does. Yeah, oh man, so, I, I I was watching him at Selland Arena when he was when he was playing here, man. I tell you what, he was a hell of a basketball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's even a better person, man. And yeah. the impact he's made on recovery. We're uh, we're twenty nine days apart. He's August first, oh eight, um, July second. So nice. we're always in contact, even more so around that time. So, well, thanks, man, for having Thank me. It's a pleasure meeting you too. Pleasure I meeting you too, Dad. I I definitely will. Thank you for everything you're doing, my friend. And if you'd like to connect with Darren, just uh, click the link in the podcast description for all of his information. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Lachance. Wow. Another good one. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, it's it's um, I, I love the fact that he wants to 
um, get involved and start spreading some more of this out there because that's those those are those are voices that we need to have. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, we can do our thing here. We can do things for the valley, and we can do things nationally as well. And we do, but you know, to bring in some of those powerful voices to make some change, I think it it definitely needs to be done, and we're going to go for it. Absolutely, thanks, buddy. Well, we thank you all for listening or watching the Don't Hide the Scars podcast on YouTube, whatever platform you're on. Hey, click that subscribe button if you haven't yet and this is your first time. And if you're on YouTube, hey, uh, turn on that bell to get all alerts every time we post new content. And please, if you are getting value out of the Don't Hide the Scars podcast created by parents and addicts in need, share with somebody else. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Pain Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or visit us online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Pain Nonprofit. And please subscribe to the Don't Hide the Scars podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And if you would like to donate to Pain, Parents and Addicts in Need, please click the link in the description to make your tax-deductible donation today and help us save more lives gripped by addiction.